We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Joe Pizabia here with you. Doug Thorburn is my guest tonight and we've got a short slate for you coming up here on Thursday but just because it's a small slate doesn't mean it's not important and it doesn't mean we can't make some money so Doug and I are going to try to help you go ahead and uh, get your lineups in there get ready to go Doug how are you today I'm doing well I'm kind of excited that we're running the Thursday slate because Thursdays I mean every week Thursdays are their own adventure because it's you know it's a major league travel day you're gonna have short slates pretty much all season long in fact, we have, we have 13 games tomorrow, which is about as many as you can expect for any Thursday all season, and it's a split slate. In fact, I think almost all the games, like nine of the games are in the morning or afternoon if you're East Coast, uh, and then there's four night games. Yeah, it's, it's crazy there, the way it's all set up there. Plus, you've got some of the drag with some of the games that got rained out uh, from previous issues and some more weather issues coming up as well, some concerns about that Mets game. Uh, Thursday evening, so keep that in mind also. But before we even get to it, let's talk about that short slate and the short pitchers. And, and also what's going on here is, is the novelty of this first week, Doug. I know we were talking before the podcast about it, but also when you consider the way the pitching rotations are lined up here, we're basically into the threes and fours of rotations. So everybody is pitching pretty much their threes and fours. It's not like you've got a whole lot of aces or a whole lot of big-time cash game pitchers on the board so are you, just generally speaking, leading more heavily on offense when it comes to the cash games here uh, on this slate today? Well, I, think that's, I think it's almost impossible not to. And you're right, it, we see this twice a year. We see this right after the All-Star break and the beginning of the season. It's the only time that the number one starters really line up. And this is really unique as far as there's some dead days and some down days of, as far as the starting pitcher slate. But this is lined up and predictable. We, we knew going into it that this was going to be a day of crazy pitchers. Uh, but at the same time, days are going to be won and lost based on those few pitchers who can kind of sneak through the cracks. you know. And pitching is my thing. I'm a pitching guy. And so I love these types of slates. It's, 
it's too easy when the Bumgarners and the Kershaws are going, but when we actually have, we have to make decisions and tough decisions we, we don't like, that's where the real fun begins for me. I love it, baby. I'm all about it. I'm all about the pitching. I'm all about trying to get it right, too. Whether you're playing on the one-pitcher slides or the two-pitcher slides, we're going to break it all down for you. Now, looking at the top of the board, we got Lackey, Samarja, Gio Gonzalez, and Harvey all at the top, all 8,300 or more, going all the way up to the top with John Lackey at 8,700. But who is your favorite of these four in terms of the high-priced guys that you feel safest in the cash games? You know, I – I really like Jeff Smarja. I know the ballpark's not right. They're playing in Arizona. If he's playing in San Francisco, it's it's a no-brainer for me. Um, I like Lackey, too. Don't get me wrong. Uh, at that price point, I don't love it. I don't love the idea of spending top dollar on a, on a pitcher when your top dollar guy is a number three, number four starter, to be honest. Right. Uh, but you've got – I mean, Gio is a, is a big walk guy. And uh, so there's a, a big concern there for obvious reasons. Uh, he's, also, he's also facing a team that has a couple of lefty mashers on them. And then uh, Matt Harvey, have, we have no idea what we're going to get from him. What I've seen from spring, he looks better than he did last year. And I'm also a big mechanics guy. Mechanically, he looks better than he did uh, this time last year. But he was a shell of himself this time last year. So it's not saying much to say he looks better than that. He does not look like the guy who was just tearing the world apart you know a couple years ago so uh he's someone that i'll at least avoid in the early going um it's it's an uninspiring slate but i'm i'm excited by smarja i like what he could do well that certainly makes sense i'm curious to what you think about on the other end of that game is robbie ray who's at 7600 now with the quality start and play and the strikeout potential of a robbie ray now i know the giants aren't necessarily the biggest strikeout team they're a team that tends to put the ball in play a little bit more uh, is that a viable option for you a little bit in tournaments where you look at a Robbie Ray and say, hey, you know what, give me, you know, seven strikeouts and in in maybe he goes six innings, gets you that quality start, and that's enough there to build a team around? In tournaments, I would say yes. In cash games, I'd say no. I just think the downside is too steep, and it's going to happen too frequently with him. Uh, and again, at least in the early going, until we get an idea, because pitches are so different season to season. And Ray has some some strong delivery baselines. I, I think that he could find some repetition. I think he could take a major step forward, but I haven't seen him actually do it yet. <laughs> so until I see some of it, I'm not willing to invest in it. Uh, and, and, and viably so, especially in that ballpark in Arizona. I think a very different game, like you mentioned, Doug, when you go into San Francisco as opposed to Arizona. Now let's talk about Marcus Stroman for a second, too. The darling of the uh, WBC championship game, which I don't know if you watch any WBC, but I could not get enough of it this offseason. March baseball that matters? <laughs> oh, dude, they were, they were playing basically like Little Leaguers. It was like watching Little League World Series all grown up. And it was yeah, just so was much awesome. fun. You know, everyone, I mean, if I had hair, I would dye it. I don't. But if I did, <laughs> I wanted to. I'm also all about it, man. And I, I love the WBC. I was actually at the very first final between oh, Cuban and Japan. Awesome. It was awesome, amazing. dude. So cool. And, and Strowman, I think, you know, I think he's going to have a little bit more attention on him in the early going because of that, whether it's warranted or not or fair or not. But still, on this slate, when you're looking for – looks like a diamond in the rough because you got some rough. And I'm talking rough when you got James Shields. you got a couple other guys here where you're really not even sure if you want to go near these guys. I don't know how they could justify James Shields right now being a $7,100 pitcher. I don't know what universe that is. But the rest of this slate, too, I mean, it does not get prettier as you go down there. But no. is Stroman another one of these guys, too, that, you know, if, if you really don't feel great about Samarja in that ballpark – 
Uh, Harvey, you got to worry not only about, you know, where is he at right now in this whole recovery process, but also where's the weather situation potentially there, which could kind of knock into him a little bit on Thursday. Is Stroman another one of these, you know, fades from the top at 75 where you feel, hey, he's going against Tampa. Tampa's a lineup that does strike out. It's a controlled environment indoors, a pitcher-friendly environment. Is Stroman a guy that you would feel very comfortable in, let's say, versatile GPP and cash game plays? I think he's a sneaky, safe play on a day where there aren't really any of those. <laughs> no, that's the understatement of the century. I mean, look at this slate. I mean, you got guys like Blake Snell, who's very inefficient. So you got to worry about, you know, that bridge to the win. And you got guys like Jason Hamill at Minnesota who, you know, Hamill some starts out some good years and then some other times not so much. Let's talk about Lance Lynn. I know he's got a tall order there against the Cubs. Lackey's on the other side of that game at 7,000. Is there any sort of, you know, contrarian play there with a Lance Lynn to go against the Cubs lineup? I know it's a day game. It's an afternoon game there. But any sense there with Lance Lynn, any possibility of him, or is just that Cubs lineup just too scary for you? Well, it's – uh, I'll say no, and it's the Cubs lineup, but it's also Lynn himself. First off, he's coming back from Tommy John. We don't know to what extent he'll come back. We don't know to what extent the Cardinals are going to limit his workload, especially in the early going. But also, he's he's a guy where I feel like he's a better real-life pitcher than fantasy pitcher. Uh, he's he's always been prone to walks. He's always been prone to hits. And part of his delivery, he's a, he's a very low-arm slot guy. So when he misses, he tends to miss inside and outside. And those type of pitchers, they have little margin for error. When they miss time their delivery, they end up missing wide and getting balls. Whereas over the top guys, the Drew Smiley's, the Marco Estrada's, those guys can miss their targets, but they'll miss up and down. And when they miss up and down, they can still get strikes or, you know, give up homers, as is often the case. Uh, but with those, those low slot guys like Lynn, I, I see big platoon splits and, the type of pitcher that could be dangerous against the Cubs lineup in the wrong way. <laughs> Not a good way. Now let's go all the way down to the bottom there. Cause I know you wanted to talk about Antonio Senzatella, which even though he's not one of my Italian countrymen, it certainly sounds like it. And I just like the feel of saying Antonio Senzatella. I mean, uh, I believe he's from Venezuela, but uh, he's got a, he's got a tough assignment there going into Milwaukee, a very pitcher friendly environment, but for a guy who, you know, place for the Rockies you'd rather be there than Colorado what are your thoughts on Senzatella if you go all the way to the bottom I, I really want to cover him just because he's someone that I assume most people have know nothing about um, he's he's a top 10 guy in the Rocky system uh, but at the same time we're talking you know maybe seventh or eighth depending on who's doing the the ranking uh, but he he throws hard he's a high 90s thrower uh, he has very good command uh, I'll say good control whether or not he has good command, I think I have to get more of a look at him. Um, he has a strong slider, but his changeup is really flat. And workload is a concern. He's had some shoulder problems. He's He tends to really fall off late in games. So he's the lowest price pitcher right now on FanDuel. He's 5,600. And I'm really anxious to kind of watch and see what he brings to the table. But I have a feeling that he could be gone by the fifth. Right. Well, and that's the danger, right? Because then you get you, you take away the quality star potential, you take away the win potential also for a, a good opportunity. Once you get into that, you know, that middle of the bullpens, things get a little wacky, especially in ballparks like that. But I think definitely one to keep an eye on. So I'm glad that we kind of spotlit him. Uh, one more question for you before we move on from the pitchers. Actually, probably two. The first one being, 
Uh, who are you pairing up together? You want to play on a two-pitcher side. Where would you go here? What's, the, you know, what's Doug Thorburn thinking in terms of, I want this guy and this guy to back it up? Is it a, is it a Samarja and a Stroman? Is that, is that like your best-case scenario and build lineups off that? Or is that a little bit too chalky in terms of probably that's what everybody's thinking? I like those two, but I also like if I want to go heavy on the bats, the guy right below Stroman is Joe Musgrove, mm-hmm. and he's facing Seattle. And I really like Joe Musgrove. I like what I've seen from him. He's a big command guy. He's not going to play with, with the strikeouts, same with Stroman. But again, nobody really is, aside from maybe Robbie Ray, and he has all sorts of baggage that comes with it. So I kind of like the pairing of Stroman and Musgrove, especially given how much salary that frees up uh, to invest in the lineup, which, let's face it, today is a day that you bring your best bats. Yes, you bring it, you bring it hard. Now, he, here's a fun one, too. Let's get negative on the pitchers before we go here uh, and move on to the uh, offense. Where are we targeting? Okay, where are the, where are the bats going? Where are the stacks going? Uh, are we going a little, you know, Cincinnati Reds against Clay Buckholtz in Cincinnati? Uh, do you like this? Colorado Milwaukee's been very popular the last couple of days. You got some home runs out of there already. You got home runs from Thames and uh, Shaw last night. You got home runs from Braun already. Uh, is that it, the Colorado-Milwaukee section? Where, where are you going for offense? Where are you targeting? Who are you trolling on the pitcher side? <laughs> well, I mean, you got to go for anybody against any Padre pitcher, right? right. Oh, oh, case, that's my, that's my MO all year, Doug. That's my MO that's all year. I've just been yeah. saying it. Who, who are the, who, and who are they playing? Ah, oh, yes, San Diego. Oh, good. There's San Diego. <laughs> let's, let's go kill them. So we can just lob that softball all season long. Um, I also think Ariel Miranda is going to be in for a rough day. I love the Houston offense. I think they're really deep. Um, I think they're going to have no problem handling the lefty. So, and, and another guy actually, and again, these are guys near the, they're all around the $65, $6,600 range on Pinduel. But Chad Cool, if it wasn't for the fact that Mookie Betts is, is, has caught some of the flu and a bunch of the guys actually have caught some of the flu, I would say Boston. But unfortunately, because – Betts plays such a huge role in that offense, and mm-hmm. he's not feeling 100%. Um, he's actually a guy I'm not that worried about. So I'm, I'm not stacking the Red Sox, but I will stack the Astros, and I will stack the Dodgers. Yeah, and, and that's been a thing early on, too. I feel like you know, you're not, when you're looking at that Red Sox lineup, although it's still got a lot of talent, not having David Ortiz in that lineup I think is a, is a big difference. Uh, let's go on to the catcher situation here. Uh, I know Buster Posey uh, out of the gate, too. A lot of people have uh, – been targeting him because he's been a little bit cheaper than than normal <laughs> in terms of pricing and uh jt real muto also started off kind of light when you turn in terms of where you would think in terms of skill set and price where do you look to for catcher right away when you look at the slate uh well with posey i mean anytime he's facing a lefty you know that he's going to be jumped on by people um unfortunately he's 700 dollars more than any other catcher he's 3700 uh, the next guy is Wilson Contreras at 3000 So that, that platoon split is definitely built into the pricing with Posey. Um, so in general, I don't like to spend that much on catchers. I, if the salary was a little bit more friendly, then, yeah, I'd go for it. Um, I am shocked, and I mean shocked, that Victor Martinez still qualifies somewhere a catcher. Uh, yeah, that I don't is, know how you get a load with that. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing to me, and, and it's something to be taken advantage of. Uh, it's like I, Pablo Sandoval still being a catcher at this point. I mean, where, where are we here? Yeah, you know, it, Kyle Schwarber, oh, okay, fine, whatever. You want to put him in, but I mean, you know, I mean, Victor, I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, and I uh, like his bat so much better than the other catchers that are around there. Um, 
so I automatically he becomes a, a strong play for me. Yeah, I, I'm more with you too. I, I tend to look for the value in terms of catcher too, you know, and and not overthink it. And also, you have to keep in mind too. Make sure you pay close attention to the lineups when they come out too, because a lot of day games, a lot of early things where guys are going to be sitting on those oh, day yeah. games. So you know, catchers can be very tricky. So don't put all your eggs in that basket. That's for sure. Let's let's go over to the uh, corners. Let's hit a little first base, a little third base too. Uh, obviously, top of the board, always going to be expensive over there. You've got your Goldschmidt's at 44, Joey Votto at 4,000 on FanDuel, Rizzo at 4,000, Cabrera at 4,000. You kind of get where I'm going here. But as you go down, you got guys like Mark Reynolds at 33 who are playing in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's another one of those rotations that I will troll all year long very, very happily. Uh, you've got the Abreus, the Ryan Healy's, even Kendrish Morales uh, at Tampa. Not a great hitter's ballpark, but still the value of a guy who – does have power just 2900 to me is one of those that really pop out who's popping out to you at first base right now in terms of value and return on investment and matchup well i mean jose abreu at 3100 i just think that's a steal right there mm-hmm. I, I love the abreu pickup um i'm a ryan healy fan but when you're looking at the exact same price <laughs> also right. 3100 um i'm not so keen on it so so abreu i'm just he he's just screaming to me from this list. And he's got the good matchup going against the lefty Boyd, so that's a positive yep. for Jose Abreu. You know, to me, he's one of the most underrated bats in baseball, Doug. I mean, I just – I feel like, you know, a couple of those doubles go over the fence, and we're talking about another 30 home run season here for him. And he's just – just so underappreciated. Uh, over on the other side of the corners, you got Arenado leading the charge at 4,200. Chris Bryant, 4,200 with him. Josh Donaldson at 39. Justin Turner, 36. Kyle Seeger at 35. That's the top of the board there. Uh, Donaldson, the left-handed bat, he's going to have uh, an opportunity uh, to go against another left-hander. And Blake Snell is a very inefficient guy. Uh, you know, when you start to look at some of the splits, I think it's funny because sometimes off the bat, I remember – even not that long ago, Anthony Rizzo was a guy that said, oh, you know, you couldn't hit lefties. And if you start to peel into the stats a little bit deeper, you realize a couple of years ago that trend changed significantly and the OPS was over 1,000. So, you know, for the casual player, would you also recommend going a little bit deeper into some of those stats? Don't just think automatically that the lefty can hit the lefty, that kind of thing, because that's not always the case with some of these guys, especially the premium ones. Well, I think I really look for the extremes when it comes to platoon splits because A, you right. have problems of sample size. B, you have problems of in order to get past sample size, you may have to go back five, six, seven, ten years, in which case this is a totally different hitter we're talking about. So um, there's definitely caveats with that. That said, I've noticed the biggest extremes are with a left-handed pitcher on the hill, whether that means a left-handed hitter I'm going to avoid or a right-handed bat who just gets that huge boost. And Donaldson is one of those guys who just gets a huge boost. I mean, his career slugging percentage is 101 points higher against left-handed pitchers than it is against righties. So right. he's the one that I target. And, and uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you 100%. That's why I brought it up. And, you know, when you, you want to save a little bit of money here, uh, Alex Bregman against Miranda has a decent matchup. Uh, also, we still know Michael Franco in Cincinnati. Not bad. And Travis Shaw's gotten off to a good start. And he's hitting in the middle of that order, too. So I would just keep that in mind. Uh, went yard last night. And I, I'm of that mind, too. Baseball's a game of streaks. And when a guy's seeing the ball well and hot, I think you stick with him a little bit, especially when the pricing has yet to budge. Uh, and obviously, baseball is here. So don't get stranded on first base. 
without the RotoWire subscription. And don't miss out on great other offers like this one right here. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Just go to FanDuel.com slash RotoWire to claim. And uh, now you must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. So users may only establish one account on FanDuel. So no funny business, all right? That's FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. So go out and get that today. Uh, let's go to the middle infield, Doug. And, uh, you know, to me, shortstop all year is going to be one of those spots I'm pretty much willing to pay up for. Uh, I just, I, I look at shortstop and I, I just, it's a hard sell for me. I, I like the Turners and Correas. And after that, it gets dicey when you're getting some of these lower end guys. I know Saladino started out hot, but that's not going to last. How do you feel about the position overall early going in DFS? I think because it's so legitimately top heavy. I mean, those, the top four guys of Correa, Story, Turner, Seeger, I want those four guys. I want those four guys in my lineup. I don't care what position they play. And because of exactly what you said, where the, the bottom half of the shortstop player pool is, it's just the dregs, you know? So, oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's dregs and it's completely unpredictable, you know, which is a bad combination, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah, so, so I think it's worth investing your resources into those. That, that's a position where it's worthy, worthwhile to go top, top tier and not really worry about the, the lower half, whereas, you know, you can find a Jose Abreu at first base or, or someone I didn't mention at, at third that I really like is Miguel Snow. Oh, yeah, and Snow so, no, looks great out of the gate so far. I mean, much better shape than he was last year at this time. Clearly, you know, they lit a fire under him and, and let him know what was going on because Snow's a guy with enormous talent. I think people forget where he was ranked in terms of prospects just a couple years ago before the Tommy John surgery, before he missed some time. But Snow looks like a beast right now, and I'm with you, man. I think that's a guy that all year round, uh, it's it might take a little while for the – price to catch up to him but if he keeps hitting like this out of the gate it might not be that long yeah no i'm big on snow for all the reasons you mentioned i think that he's got a a big career and if you're playing on in if you're playing on a site that counts walks he's a big walk guy now jose altuve is top of the board 3900 always a great guy to start there a guy who crushes left-handed pitching uh, 39, I actually think, is a pretty good price over on the FanDuel side for him. I, I was actually shocked that it wasn't a little higher uh, against that sort of pitcher. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, that, that's one where I think you're getting a discount even though it doesn't look like it right off the bat. Uh, then you got Daniel Murphy, Jonathan Villar, Ian Kinsler, $3,400 or more. Also, Brian Dozier in that $3,400 range. Second base to me is the opposite of shortstop. Now, you have Altuve with the great matchup. But there's a lot of guys here, you know, even Zobris most nights with the OBP that he offers, Pedroia some nights, and depending on the matchups, DJ LeMahieu. There's a lot more depth. I mean, heck, Matt Carpenter is all the way down to 2,900 to start the year. So if shortstop is the top, everyone is second base where you can make up for it and find the value. Yeah, I, I think so. And for the player that you just highlighted, I'm all about Matt Carpenter this year. I think he could have a huge year hitting at the top of that lineup. And to see him down at 2900 I mean, there's a lot of guys in that 2900 to $3,000 range, but all of them are uninspiring, save for Matt Carpenter. He's, to me, he's leaps and bounds ahead of the rest. All right, let's get to the outfield, man, and let's take a look at some of these names. Now, I know you got two on here on your target list, Marcelo Zuna and Rajay Davis. Now, give me the rundown. What is it about these two guys that's so appealing on this slate for you? Well, I, again, I kind of stuck with the theme of platoon splits today. And for both those players, it's for very different reasons. Now, Ozuna, it's a slugging thing. He's facing Gio Gonzalez, and he's got a slugging percentage that's 105 points higher against Southpaws 
than it is against right-handers. So anytime he's facing a lefty, especially if I perceive any kind of a discount, I try to jump all over Ozuna. Now with Rajai, he's got a long, long history of basically doing everything better against lefties. I mean, <laughs> his batting average is better. His OEP is better. His slugging is better. I he's mean, a better human being even sometimes yeah. he has lefties. He's just a nicer guy. His OEP is 44 points higher. His slugging is 75 points higher. His average is 33 points higher. And from a guy like him, you want him to steal. He doesn't – you have a lot of guys who won't steal him often against lefties. He has no qualms. He'll steal at will, whether a guy's lefty or righty, doesn't matter. And so the increased likelihood that he'll be on base, uh, I love that matchup. And I don't have the price right in front of me, but I can't imagine he'd cost much. Now, when you have the ideas of you know players to target, you've also got the ones that are traps. Uh, Christian Yelich, you think, is a trap on today's slate. Why is that? What is it about Yelich that sticks out for you? Same reason, platoon splits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, and and they're there for a reason. You know what I mean? I mean, that's sometimes it is that simple where it makes them, it's not a matter of they can't do it. It's a matter of it's not a good investment. Uh, and to go through Marcelo Zuna, 2,800, Rajay Davis, uh, get his price to Rajay Davis, 2,700. So that's two guys you could certainly throw in that lineup and go ahead and pay up for an Altuve if you want or pay up for one of those big shortstops. But uh, let's talk a little bit more about these splits on Yelich, too. Yeah, so Yelich, Yelich is actually more expensive than both of those guys. I wouldn't touch him even if they were the same price. Now, slugging is 86 points lower. But also, this is a young player with burgeoning power. He's kind of learning the game and figuring it out. I don't really doubt that at some point he will learn to hit lefties, but he hasn't yet. And so I'm not willing to pay for the, the supposition that he's going to get better. You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and pay for what he's done. And then once he starts to get better and starts to show it, then maybe I'll invest in improvement. But uh, but for right now, I see a guy who he's basically the opposite of Ozuna or, or even a Giancarlo Stanton whose career slugging is 88 points higher against lefties. Now you got Gregory Polanco also going against a lefty, also with some weather involved in that too. That's another guy that you're targeting to stay away from, right? Yes, yeah, and once again, <laughs> same, like same dance, baby, same dance, hey, that, and, that, and that's exactly what it is. Now, let's talk about some of the, the big-time guys here. You've got Trout, Harper, Braun. We talked about Mookie Betts dealing with that illness, so that makes him kind of a, a tricky one. Uh, if you get where he's going to play and then the weather's all right tomorrow and uh, you know that might be one maybe a sneak in there because the ownership might be low and all day slate there, uh, and that late swap certainly changes things the way things are now on FanDuel and your ability to do that. Uh, but, you know, looking at this top of the board, too, I, I keep coming back every day to Charlie Blackman and the pricing between him and Trout, whereas Trout's 5000 or forty nine, and I seem to be saving between four and now today $900 to go down to Charlie Blackman. And Blackman was a guy that hit a ton on the road last year. Uh, he's got Chase Anderson, opponent, right-handed pitcher. He's a left-handed bat, always hits righties well. And I look at Charlie Blackman as, I don't want to say poor man's Mike Trout, but when you think of the skill set, you're talking about a guy who's going to score runs, a guy who can steal bases, a guy who has power. And if you're looking for a cash game outfielder, I, I can't, it's, I'm hard pressed to find of another more well-rounded one for Charlie Blackman. Yeah, he, he really does bring all, all the tools to the table. I mean, and when you look at the pricing on bets, Trout, Harper, all 4,800 or more, then suddenly there's a cliff and it drops down to 4,100 for Blackman, for Braun, for uh, George Springer's actually 3,900. Uh, I think absolutely that there's a there's blatant value to be had because it, the difference in player ability 
and the likely stats they're going to get from one game aren't enough to justify that difference in cost. So uh, I absolutely love that one. And what, one more uh, stat I'll just throw out there on Polanco, another reason to avoid. So his career slugging against lefties is only 329. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's an awful number right there. <laughs> not, good. Not, good. And not that Eduardo Rodriguez is any great shakes. And I really like Polanco as far as this year. I think he's a fascinating case of development. I mean, he's, he's literally growing into his frame and at the same time adding power. And we'll see what happens with the speed over time. But until he learns to hit lefties, I'm not going to pay for him to hit lefties. <laughs> and he's got a huge lower half, too, when you watch him. You, you say, my God, you know, the power this guy has potential to generate down the road. And I know why everyone's so excited about him. But so far, it's kind of been a mixed bag, I think, all, all, all the way around with Polanco in season-long and in daily. And, you know, if you're playing daily fantasy, it leads over to your season-long and, and vice versa. I think if you're a season-long player and you want to get into daily, you should trust what you know and, and what you're going to learn. But he splits – going to help you manage daily transactions, even weekly transaction leagues better because you're going to have a better idea of how to set your lineup and, and how to go about it. If a guy like Polanco's got a couple tough lefties uh, in the same week, you want to get him out of there and you want to cross over some of that knowledge from one to the other. And that's how you win. And that's what we're all about. So Doug, where can everybody find you on Twitter, man? Uh, on Twitter, they can find me at Doug underscore Thorburn. Uh, the last name is T-H-O-R-B-U-R-N. And also, uh, they can. I do a podcast uh, with Sammy Reed on top of this podcast. Yeah, Sammy Reed. Anonymous, so they can uh, check out Baseballholics Anonymous. Well, look, this is uh, our first of many here as we go on for the next six months. So I'm excited to be working with you, man. I think we are pretty good out of the gate, and uh, love Sammy too. So uh, I know anybody who's you know you guys working together. I know the the work that you guys have done, and excited that you're here with us on RotoWire doing this pod here every week. We're going to bring you the best information we possibly can, have a little fun at the same time, because remember, kids, it's still fantasy sports. We're not saving lives here. Maybe we're improving them by winning a little money. Maybe, you know, you go out there, nice dinner, do a little this, you know, maybe not car money, but maybe gas money, at least to start. And as we continue on, maybe car money by the end of the year. I think that's the goal. So uh, hope you enjoyed it, everybody. We'll be back again uh, the next day because that's what we do here. We just keep on grinding over at Roto-Wire. So for Doug Thorburn, I'm Joe Pizapia. Have a great day of Daily Fantasy. <laughs>